With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Bakama Dath Gimel, page 33. We begin on the very top, second line. Rav Zvid Mishmeda Rava Masn La'aha. Rav Zvid, in the name of Rava, said over the statement of Rav Yesi Rechanina on the following. The verse says that if the axe head falls off while someone's chopping wood in a forest and it shoots out and it hits somebody, it finds somebody, that's the lush on the post, like it finds someone. So the fact, so there there's going to be obligation for the person to go out into exile. But if it comes to exclude, if, if when it came out, when it was shot off, there was no one there, and the person made himself found to the axe head, so to speak. What does that mean? Nikana Reb Lazar ben Yaakov. So from, based on this, Reb Lazar ben Yaakov said as follows, Misha Yatsusa Eve Metachas Yadoi. Let's say someone threw a stone. And someone else stuck his head into the place where the stone was, was thrown. And that's why he got killed. Potter. So there's no obligation. What does that mean there's no obligation? I mean, Reb Yesi Vachanina. So here Reb Zud said that, uh, Reb Yesi Vachanina said his statement, Potter Migalus. There's no obligation in regards to going to exile. But there will be an obligation to pay for the damages. We're talking about uh, Nezek, the damages, Tsar, pain, Ripui, doctor bills, and Sheves, and the, the loss of work. So the one who says, which is Rav Zvid, who says that Rav Yosef Rechanina's statement was going on this case, where someone stuck out his head into the place where the stone was falling. So certainly, certainly it's going to be true that there's going to be an obligation to pay for damages, to pay for the four things, for damages, for pain, for uh, doctor bills, and for loss of work. Certainly it's going to be true in a case where somebody walked into the store, because there you should have watched out. So, however, but the one who says that that halacha is true, there's an obligation to pay. When someone walked into the store, it could be he would say that over here there will be no obligation. Aha, Over here, there's not going to be any obligation at all, because when he originally threw out the stone, so the person wasn't there, meaning his original action didn't contain within it the power to cause damage. Only if someone came along and stuck his head there, so that's why the damage was caused. Therefore, there's not going to be an obligation, according to the previous ones who said that Rav Yisi statement was said on the case of the person walking into the carpenter's store. One important point that the Rach mentions, the Rabbeinu Hananel, he says that when we say that there's no obligation to pay, according to the ones who, who stated Rabbi Yisib Hanina's statement on the previous cases, so in this case there's going to be no obligation to pay when somebody walked into the place where the stone was heading. So that's only true in regards to Tsa'ar, pain, Ripui, the doctor bills, and Boish, and uh, Sheves, and the, the loss of work. But in regards to the actual Nezek, in regards to the actual damages, so there's a concept of other mood la'ilam, a person always has to pay for any damages that are caused, even if they were caused completely in advance inadvertently, even Ba'inus. So over here as well, there's going to be an obligation to pay for any damage that was caused, but not for the other things, other three things that we were talking about over here. If there are workers who are coming to collect their payment from the one who hired them, and as they walked into the domain of the person who was supposed to pay them, so the shore, the ox of the person, went and gored them. Or the dog of this owner, of this house owner, went and bit this person and he died. Potter, so there's no obligation for the house owner to pay the kofar, to pay the replacement for the death of this person, the money that's owed to the family. So, so but the Bach points out that there is an obligation for the animal to be killed. That's for sure. Acherim says that no, they, they argue and say that there's an, there's an ability a person can come and collect his money from the balabais, from the person who hired him. So therefore, there's going to be an obligation on the owner of the house to pay for the kofar, for the the replacement of the value of this person that got killed, so he's responsible, despite the fact that this person walked into his domain. 
Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If this person usually hangs out in the city, my time with the so then why would the Achirim say that he has a right to come to his house? If he's usually in the house, my time with the Tanakama, so why does the first Tana say that there's no obligation for him to pay? <laughs> that implies that the Tanakama holds that the person who's coming in here to collect his wages has no right to be there. But if he's always in his house, why doesn't he have a right to be there? The Gemara says, Loi, Tzricho. We do indeed need it. Begavra deshchiach veloishchiach. It's a person who sometimes is going to be in his house, and sometimes he's in the city. Vikari Ababa. And this guy who's owed the money comes to the door. Va'amar lohu in. And the house owner says, yes. Mar savar in u. Ta mashma. So one holds that when he says yes, he means yes, come in. And therefore he had a right to be in there, and that's where there's going to be an obligation on the house owner to pay. That's a cherim. Umar savar in kumadukhtach. And the other one holds, the Tanakama holds, no. When he says yes, he means yes, stay where you are, I'm coming. Mashma, that's the implication of his words. And therefore, the Tanakama will hold that there will not be an obligation for him to pay if the guy walks into his domain. We have a brysa that implies, like the one who says that when he says yes, he means stay where you are. It's a tani. We have a brysa. A worker who comes to get his payment from the owner of the house, the person who owes him the money. And as he comes into his domain, so the ox kills him, gores him, or the dog bites him. There's no obligation. Even though he came in with permission. So, on my potter, if the case is, the Gemara asks, if the case is where he came in with permission, why is there no obligation for the house owner to pay? There should be, if anything, if he came in with permission, he should have an obligation to pay. It must be that the case is where he came to the door, and the guy said, yes. And this we can deduce from there, in when he says yes, so he thought, the person who was the wage earner, thought that he meant that he can come in, but really what did the Balabais mean? He meant, stay where you are, and therefore that's why there's no obligation for him to pay. So so in a certain sense, it's he had permission to be there. Why? Because the guy said yes. That's what it's, that's why the Brasil says, even though he came with permission. On the other hand, he didn't really mean that the guy should walk in the door. So that's why there's no obligation for him to pay. Now we begin the Mishnah. If you have two tame oxen, meaning that they haven't yet gored three times, and they cause damage to each other, so you figure out the difference between the two damages, and you take that difference, and the one who owes the greater amount, so the difference is paid half. If let's say the two animals that caused that gored each other were already muad, so that means that they have to pay full. So you figure out the difference, and the one who owes the greater amount pays the difference fully. Let's say one of the animals was a tam, was a tame animal, and one of them was already had gored three times and has to pay fully. So if the greater damage was caused by the wild animal, so he has to take the difference and pay that fully. If let's say the one who caused the greater damage was the tam, was the animal who was tame. So you figure out so you figure out the difference between them, and he pays half the damage. You have two people that cause damage to each other. So you figure out the difference between the two damages, and he pays the full difference. Let's say you have a man who caused damage to a wild animal, or a wild animal, and I'm sorry, and a wild animal that caused damage to a man. So you figure out the difference between the two damages, and you pay that fully. 
Adam bitam bitam Adam. Let's say you have a person cause damage to a tame animal, and a tame animal also cause damage to him. Adam bitam mishalim shalim. So if the greater damage was caused by the man, so you take the difference and he pays that fully. Tam Adam, but if the greater damage was caused by the tame animal, so mishalim b'moisik So you take the difference and you pay that only half. Rabbi Kiva Aimer, Rabbi Kiva says not that way. Av tam Adam. Even if we're talking about a tame animal that caused damage to a person, mishalim b'moisik shalim. You have to pay fully the difference between the two damages. We begin the Gemara. Turn around. We learn the Nebraisa. So, just a little bit of background that the, the verses here are speaking about an ox goring a person. So, first, the verses speak about an ox who was tame, meaning it hadn't done it three times yet, gored a person, killed the person. Then, the next verses speak about an ox that was mu'ad, it was already wild, it had done it three times already, killed a person. And then we have this verse which talks about damages. The verse says, like this law shall be done to this. So according to the Tanakhama, what's coming to teach us is just like we have a concept, we have laws that are true in regards to one ox goring another ox, the laws will be the same in regards to an ox goring a person, meaning and causing damage. Just like if we find when an ox scores another ox. So if it's a tame animal, hasn't done it three times, it pays half damages. And if it's done it three times, it's wild, it pays full damages. So too in regards to an ox going a person, when we're talking about an animal that's tame, so it pays half the damages. And if it's already done it three times, then it has to pay full damages. Rabbi Akiva, I mean, Rabbi Akiva says not that way. What is what does the verse say? It says, like this law, what's this law? It's talking about the previously stated law, like we mentioned, which was that when you have a mu'ad, an animal that's gored three times and it kills a person, so there's a certain halacha, you're going to have to pay kofar, you're going to have to pay for the damages to that person. So, just like in regards to an animal killing, so there's an obligation to pay damages. So to over here, Kemishpat when we talk about damages of an ox to a person, it's considered a mood from the beginning, and not like the alien. The alien is the case above, which was the case where it was considered a time where the animal killed a person, but it hadn't done it three times before. So basically what comes out according to Rabbi Akiva is even if the animal has not previously gored, if this is the first time it's causing damage to a person, it has to be full damages right away. Now the Gemara says, Yachal Mashalman Aliyah. So you might think that according to Rabbi Akiva, now that it's paying full damages, so you're going to have to pay from the from land already, and not from the animal itself. Talmud Lummer, Yiyaseloi. It says, that it shall be done to it. Migufa Mishal teaches you that you pay from the animal itself. And thus, explains Rashi, if the animal doesn't have, let's say the animal isn't worth the full value of the damage, so the person who's the knees, like the person who got damaged, Ta'aka loses out. And he doesn't have to pay from a piece of land to complete the damages, to pay for the full damages. So what do the rabbis do with this word ze? Because they don't say, they don't use the word ze to tell you that we learn out from the verses that are speaking about damages of an ox to a person to the verses that are speaking about where an ox kills a person. So what do they do with the word ze, which seems to imply that it's talking about something that we just spoke about? It's coming to say that there's only an obligation for this, for this damage, but there's no obligation for the tsa'ar, for the pain, for the repu, for the doctor bills, and for the shevis, for the loss of work. So how does Rabbi Kiva know that if he already used the word ze to teach us what we said before? So he learns it out from the verse that's talking about a person causing damage. It says, when a person shall cause damage to his friend. So only there's an obligation to pay for the pain, for the doctor bills, for the loss of work, but not if an axe causes damage to a person. For 
Rabbanon. So what do the rabbis learn it out? Why don't they learn it out from there? Why do they have to use the word zeh? Imeha he, because if they had learned it out from the word ishkiyetin mumamitoi, hava So they would say that the only thing that we would exclude would be pain, because pain is not something that you actually cause the person a loss of a reap of yeshaves, but the doctor bills and the loss of work, you might think that this included in Nezek, that it would still be considered that he has to pay that thing, even if his ox gourd and caused the damage. That's why it's coming to say over here, zeh. It's going to say only this. There's only an obligation to pay the actual physical damages, but not any secondary damages that were caused, like the doctor bills and the loss of work. Now we begin the Mishnah. Let's say we have an ox, which had a value, the first ox, Ruvain's ox, that caused the damage, was worth $100. And it killed an ox that was worth $200. And the dead carcass has no value. So the person who got damaged, he takes the animal that caused the damage, which is worth exactly half the value of the animal that got damaged, and that's his payment. We begin the Gemara. Masnisin money Rabbi Kiva. Who's our Mishnah Rabbi Kiva? To Tani, we have a Brayso. Yushem Asher Bebezdin. Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel holds that you take the animal, you evaluate it in the court, and the court sells it, and the person who caused the damage gives the value to the person, the, meaning the money, to the person who got damaged. Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says, Huchlet Asher. Actually, before it even gets to Bezdin, before they get to the court, so the animal that caused the damage becomes the property of the person who got damaged. What are they arguing about? Rabbi Shmuel. So Rabbi Shmuel holds he holds that the person who caused the damage is not considered like somebody who owes money to someone else and therefore he has to give him money he doesn't have to actually give him the actual animal Rabbi Kiva holds no that they are considered partners in the animal for example if let's say the animal that caused the damage was worth 200 and the animal that got killed was worth 200 as well so Ruvain owes Shimon half the amount $100 so now what happens Ruvain and Shimon become partners in the animal that, that killed and they each have half of that animal, which was worth 200 because he owes them 100. So they each have half of it. They come to give a high crop. And they're arguing in the following verse. The verse says, they shall sell the living animal, meaning the one that caused the damage, and they split up the value. Rabbi Shmuel holds that when the Torah says this, it's actually saying this to the court. The court takes the animal, sells it, they split the money, and the person who got damaged gets the money. Rabbi Kiva holds, no, that the Torah, when it says that they have to sell it and split up the money, it's talking to the people themselves, the person who caused the damage, the person who got damaged. What's the practical difference between them? In the end, all, they're going to end up selling that animal. They're going to end up splitting up the money. So who, who cares what's the difference between Rabbi Shmuel if it's talking about the best in the court or talking about the people themselves? My answer is, If the person who got damaged wanted to go and donate his part to the temple, does he have the right to do that? Is it considered his already from the time the damages occurred? According to Rabbi Shmuel, so it's not considered his. You have to wait until he gets the money if he wants to give donations to the temple. But according to Rabbi Akiva, as soon as the damage is caused, it becomes into the possession of the person who got damaged. And therefore he has the right, he has the ability, as soon as the damage is caused, to be makdashit, to give a donation to the temple from it. Rabbi asked Rav Nachman the following question: What's going to be the halacha? Quint Rabbi Shmuel who says that you don't actually have to give him the animal itself, but you sell the animal, and give him the money. Meaning, and the person who is nizak, the person who got damaged, doesn't have any chel, he doesn't have a portion in this animal itself. So let's say the mazik, the person who's who caused the damage, when he sells it, what's going to be the halacha? Do we say that according to Rabbi Shmuel who says that it's considered that he owes him money, therefore he 
So he can go and sell this animal. It's not considered the Nizak's animal. It's not considered the animal of the person who got damaged. Or Dilma, or perhaps, we turn to Lama Gimel, Lama Base, page 33b. Since this animal is where the person who got damaged can collect from, this is the only place that he can collect from. So maybe he doesn't have the right to sell this animal. Amr Lay, Serv Nachman answered him and said like this, He cannot sell it. If he sells it, it doesn't work. So the Gemara says, wait, hold on a second. We have a Bryce that says explicitly, If he sold it, it is considered sold. Where answers, no, true is considered sold. However, however, the person who's owed the money, the, the nizik, the person who got damaged, can go and take the animal away from the person who sold it. Who bought it, I'm sorry. So the Gemara says, wait, so if it's considered, how is it considered sold? If the person who can, who's owed the money, the nizik, the person who got damaged, can come and take the animal away, then in what regard is it considered that it's sold? For all intents and purposes, it belongs to the nizik, the person who got damaged. The Gemara answers, Laridia, that in regards to if the person who bought it had used it to plow his field, so it was considered his, it wasn't considered the nizaks all along, it wasn't considered that it belonged to the one who got damaged all along, and therefore there's going to be no obligation upon the person who bought it to pay for the use of that animal to the to the nizak, the person who got damaged, but rather it's considered his the whole time until the nizak takes it away, until the person who got damaged takes it away. Shmamina, Zigmar says we can deduce from here, Lava Umachar, let's say somebody borrowed money. And then he sold his metaltalin, his movable objects, bezin goyven lemehem. So then, if he can't pay off his loan, so then the court is going to take away whatever movable objects that he sold. So, but that, we know that that's not true, but it sounds like that's what, what's happening over here, because the guy sold off his movable object, which was the ox, and, and we see that they we're going to come, if he can't pay, we're going to come and take away the ox from the person who bought it. It's different over there. In the case of the ox, you will be able to collect from the ox, even though it was sold, even though it's metallic and if it's, it's a movable object, because it's considered like the Torah when it says that you're going to collect from the ox. It's like we made an apotiki. An apotiki is where people specify and say, if I don't pay you back, you can collect from this object, which you can even do on a movable object. Sigmar says, hold on a second. Bahama Rava. Rava said, if somebody makes his slave to be an apotiki, this place to collect from, if he doesn't pay off, the loan, and he went and he sold the slave. So then the person who's owed the money has the ability to go and collect from that slave, even though it was sold. However, if they make the ox to be an apoytiki, uh, a place to collect from if he doesn't pay the loan, and then he sold the ox, there's no right for the bachoiv to come and collect from that sold ox. So how can we say that over here that he can? More answers, hold on. Evid, my timer. What's the reason why we say that normally a slave you can collect from, even if it was sold mission to Islay color because that's something that people speak about. You know, everyone hears that they made this up, this Eved, this slave to be an apoitiki, a place to collect from if he doesn't pay the loan. But people don't usually hear about an animal being made into an apoitiki to be to be a place to collect from. So Hainami. So in our case as well, this animal people will have heard about. Came in the Nogach since the animal gored and caused damage, color Islay. Uh, people hear about this, that this is called an, uh, an ox that causes damage. So therefore, since people have heard about it, the person who buys it is buyer beware. you got to watch out. He has to expect that it's going to get taken away. And therefore, he has to take that into account. And therefore, when the person who got damaged wants to come and collect, he has the ability and the right to collect from it. Rav Tachlifa from Eretz Yisrael, from the land of Israel, to the following brace over in front of Rav Yavo. If someone tries to sell the animal that he's supposed to be paying off the damages with, it's not considered a good sale. But if he donates it to the temple, it will in fact work. 
So who's the one who's selling it right now? So if we're talking about the person who caused the damage, why is it that it's not considered sold? Money, who is it? It's the Rikiva, the Amr Hukhlet Ashur, that it's considered that it becomes the Nizaks also becomes, it belongs now to the person who got damaged. And therefore, he doesn't have the ability to sell it, the person who caused the damage. So, but the fact that we said that he has the ability to make it, that it should belong to the temple, so that comes out like a Bishmod that it doesn't become the property of the person who got damaged, but rather the, the shore, the ox is brought to the courts. So what's going on? So the Gemara says, let's try to figure it out. Maybe it's talking about the person who got damaged. So he's the one who tried to sell. So if he tries to sell, it doesn't work. So it's, it's Rabbi Shmuel who says that it doesn't belong to him. So if he can't do it, but then we say that he can go and make it uh, donated to the temple. Also, the Rikiva, so that comes out like a Rikiva, who's implying that it is considered his. What's going on? Gemara answers, mazik. Really, we're talking about the person who caused the damage who's trying to do these things. And everyone agrees to this. It's not considered sold at all. Even according to Rabbi Shmuel, who says that it hasn't gone into the possession of the person who got damaged, because it's something that's meshubit, it's encumbered to the person who got damaged. So so therefore, you can't go and you can't sell it. And the fact that you can go and donate it to the temple, even according to Rikiva, who says that it belongs to the person who got damaged, but it doesn't mean literally that it comes completely into the possession of the temple, but rather it's like Rikiva, there's a concept that if someone goes and makes it hectish, if someone donates it to the temple, we're afraid that people will think that in a different case, in a regular case of donation, that you don't have to go, if you want to take it and use it, that you don't have to do any kind of pity, any kind of redemption. So what we do is we say over here in this case, it's considered that it's hectish, even though you couldn't really do it, it's not really hectish, it's not really considered that it went to the temple. We consider like the temple's thing, and what that means is that he has to give some money to the temple as a token to show that he's redeeming it, so people don't make the mistake and think that in a regular case, you don't have to redeem something that you gave to the temple. We learned in the a short time, Shehizik, if a tame animal that caused damage, actually, I'm a bedin, so as long as it hasn't been brought to court, machar and machar, if the owner tries to sell it, it works. Mekdesh and Muktosh, if he donates it to the temple, it works. Shachta v'nasa ma'atana, if he slaughters it and gives it as a present, masha asa asa, what he's done is done. Misha amad bedin, if let's say it's already come to court, machar and machar, so he can't sell it anymore, Hekdesh and Muktosh, he can't donate it to the temple anymore. Shachta v'nasa ma'atana la'asulakum, if he slaughtered it and he gave it as a present, so it's not a good present. If let's say the people who are owed money came along and they used the the animal for payment, they collected from the animal, whether the loan was around before the person was actually owed money who got damaged, or whether the person who got damaged that that was owed to him before the loan came about, they don't have a right to take it away. Why? Since the person who's owed for the damage is the only place he can collect from is from this animal, so no one has a right to take away the animal. Let's say you're talking about an animal that had already gored three times and it caused damage. Whether it's gotten to court or not, if he wants, he can sell it to the owner. If he wants, he can donate it to the temple. If he slaughtered it and he gave us a present, what he did is done. If let's say the people who were owed money from a loan came and collected from it, whether the damage was before the loan or the loan was before the damage, what they've done is fine because this is not the only place that the person who got damaged can collect from, he can collect from a piece of land as well. Amar Mar, we stated previously, if he sold it, so it's considered sold. 
How is that? We're talking about a case where the ox, a gourd, where it's a tom, it's a tame animal, has not yet been brought to the court. So how is it that it's considered sold? The Radia, the Gemara answer is that we're talking about a case where it's sold, and that doesn't mean that the person who got damaged can't come and collect from the animal. He can't. He can take it away from the person who bought it. However, the person who bought it does not have to pay for the usage of the animal. The person who bought it has a right to use the animal. Hekdesh and Muktesh, what do we mean when we say that it's considered donated to the temple? Mishum de Rabbi Avo, like Rabbi Avo said, that you have to give some kind of token to the Beis Hamidosh, to the temple, so that people don't make a mistake and think that you can take something from the temple and... Uh, and use it without uh, being paid without redeeming it. Shachta v'nasna matana. If let's say you slaughtered and you gave it over as a present, masha asa asui. So what's done is done. Pishlam v'nasna matana. We understand what it means that it's considered done in regards to if you give it as a present. Masha asa asui l'radia. So that could mean that what's done is done in regards to the fact that if you give it over to someone, so if he uses it, he doesn't have to pay the person who got damaged. It's not considered the person who got damaged animal all along. Ela shachtai, but so what does it mean that it's considered done in regards to slaughtering? The person who got who got damaged, let him come and collect from the dead the dead carcass. The Tanya, because we have a bride, that says chai. The verse says that he has to give him the, the live. They when they go and they sell the live animal. So it sounds like it's only if it's alive. Only a chai. All I know is that if it's alive, shachta minan. How do we know that even if it's slaughtered, that they still sell it and he still gets the money from it? Tamalomer. And so the verse says umachre sashor. The verse says they shall sell the ox. So this implies that in any event, even if it's still, even if it's dead, I'm Rav Shizvi. So Rav Shizvi answers, "What does it mean when we say what's done is done?" What's coming to say is that despite the fact that it has gone down in value now that you slaughtered it, it doesn't matter. It's too bad on the person who got damaged. I'm Rav Hunabrei Rav Yeshua. So Rav Hunabrei Rav Yeshua says like this: This implies that if somebody causes damage to something which is encumbered to something to someone else, meaning I'm expecting to collect from a certain thing, you come along and you cause damage to that thing. It's not mine yet. Potter, there's no obligation to pay for that damage. The Gemara says, Pshita, that's obvious, it's clear. So why would it be any different in any other case? The Gemara says, Ma'udu tema, I'm gonna throw over there, the Amar le lecha midi. He can say, when I slaughtered this animal, I didn't make you lose anything. The Amar le, because he can say, Zika ba'amahu de shakumilach. All I took away was a, was a wind. What's the difference between a live animal and a dead animal? A wind, the spirit. I will be alma, but in general, lechaiv, there should be an obligation to pay. Kamash malon, that's what Rufun Bredivishu is coming to teach us, and no, this, this concept applies in all cases. Cases where you cause damage to something which was encumbered. So Gemara says, "Hanami Rabba Amra." What do we need Rav Huna Bradyvishu to say it? Rabba, who Rashi explains was a tremendous Adam Godly, was a tremendous great righteous person and Torah scholar. So he already said this concept. The Amar Rabba has searched the Reisah Shachaveri Potter. That someone who burns up his friend's documents that say on them that he owns a piece of property, let's say, or say that somebody owes him money, there's no obligation to pay. So that that's the same type of case. So we already see that it doesn't just apply in our case; it applies elsewhere. What do we need Rav Huna Bradyvishu's statement? Gemara says, "No, Mahu Tema." If not for Rav Huna Bredvishu, you would have thought, Hasamhu, that it's only over there that we say that. The Amar Lei, Niyar Ba'amah What did I burn of yours? I only burnt your paper. Aval Heichad HaChafar Ba'bayrais Shichim Ma'aris L'chayi. But if he went and he caused damage to an encumbered piece of property, he dug pits, he, he made caves, etc. So then there would be an obligation where he did something which is clear that you caused damage. Kamash Malan. That's why Rav Huna Bredvishu has to come and t- teach us this. Ta'ha In our case, we slaughtered the animal. Kiman HaChafar Ba'bayrais Shichim Ma'aris Dami. It's something that's quite apparent what's been done. You see what happened. You see that the animal's head is chopped off. The animal is no longer alive. And we see that what's done is done. So, so this proves that in any event, in any case, where you've caused damage to something that's encumbered to someone else, since it does not yet belong to that person, even though it will one day belong to that person, you do not have an obligation to pay for those damages that were caused.
Now the Gemara continues evaluating this price. Kadmu If let's say the people who were owed money went and they collected from the animal, whether the loan was extant before the damages were caused, or whether the damages were caused before the loan was extant, so they don't have the ability to do that. Since the only place that the person who got damaged has to collect from is only from this animal, so the people who are owed money do not have a right to collect from this animal. So we understand if we're talking about a case where the damage happened before the people were owed money. So then you have the damages that the people were owed the money who got damaged before. So therefore they have the first rights. But if let's say the pre- people were owed money before the damages occurred, so he was first, so he should have the first rights. And even if the damage occurred first before the, pe- the people who were owed money, he still grabbed the thing first, so he should have first rights. So what do we see, Shmami? No, we can deduce from here, if you have a later person who's owed money, if, if there's two people who are owed money, the person who has a later loan, if he comes and collects, he doesn't have a right to collect from something that was owed from before. So, which is actually an argument, as Rashi points out in the Gemara Suvis. So what's going on? The Gemara answered, really I'll tell you, that what he's done is done, but it's different over here. The Amar Ilu in our case, where there's an animal that's getting that's getting caused damage, he can say like this. The person who got damaged can say as follows: If it would be by you, <laughs> your animal. This is the same animal. If you had taken this animal, it would have caused damage to my animal, and I would have collected the animal from you as well. The animal that caused the damage, I would have taken from you. You would have had to pay for me. So therefore, in this case, the Bachov, the person who is owed the money, he doesn't have a right. He can't take it. He has nothing to tell. He has nothing to say because the person who is owed because of the damages will always be able to say that I would have taken it from you in any event.